Welcome back to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. We have made it to the book of Joshua beyond the halfway point to chapter 14. If you want to read along with me, let's begin with verse 1. These are the areas which the children of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which Eliezer the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel distributed as an inheritance to them. So, we're talking about what's they referred what's being referred to as the promised land. It's called Canaan back then, Israel and Palestine in modern times. It's the area east of Mediterranean Sea and west of the Jordan River, south of Syria and north of Africa uh, as you know, the part of as you Af- exit Africa eastward. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, the people is talking about Joshua is the new leader after Moses has passed away. Um, And uh, the heads of the father's houses are the different tribal leaders because they're broken up into tribes at this point um, who are included as the basically the governing ruling party, the elites. Verse 2, their inheritance was was by lot as the Lord had commanded by the hand of Moses for the nine tribes and the half tribe. So it's talking about the nine and a half that are on the west side of the Jordan River, not including the two and a half tribes that we discussed already in previous chapters who are inhabiting the eastern side of the Jordan River in modern day Jordan and around that area. Um, They're counting up 12 tribes, um, even though it's not the 12 it, it consists of the, the original sons of Jacob slash Israel, but also some of their nephews, also Manasseh and Ephraim, to make up the 12. So it's really more than 12 and not including the tribe of Levi. So it's it's kind of confusing. It's They're just referred to as the 12 tribes, but it's not actually 12. Um, it's not the it's not twelve brothers and it's more than twelve tribes, but they refer referred to generally as twelve tribes. Um, verse three for Moses had given the inheritance of the two tribes and the half tribe on the other side of the Jordan, but to the Levites he had given no inheritance among them. So it's like I was just saying, the Levites are the religious tribe or um, branch of the family that has the, are basically are in charge of handling all the religious articles taking putting up the tabernacle of meeting and taking it down and handing out the laws that the rest of the tribes are subject to but the levites and priests are basically exempt from verse 4 for the children of joseph were two tribes manasseh and ephraim and they gave no part to the Levites in the land except cities to dwell in with their common lands for their livestock and their property. I didn't realize they were going to go over that whole thing about the two tribes. Man, the stand up from those are um, Joseph's children. Joseph was the one, one of the original brothers, sons of Jacob, Israel. Um, and he uh, had two sons when he was in, uh, in Africa. And um, they've been made as equals with the other brothers as far as their tribes go and one last thing about that you'll notice when we read revelation all of the tribes aren't mentioned there either a couple of the tribes are mentioned aren't are missing when um the 12 are discussed or when the when there's a discussion of their place in sort of the hereafter i think dan and uh, at least one other one is missing from the list and it's not clear why um, but they are 
Um, so anyway, it's talking about the areas that they got and the fact that the Levites didn't get an inheritance or a area to colonize and possess because they, their reward, their um, inheritance is all the offerings that the rest of the tribes have to make. Um, sort of like how law enforcement in modern times get uh, qualified immunity even though they shoot people in the back. Something that wasn't done back in the days uh, of the Old West. Like if you look at an, an Old Western like Gunsmoke, if you shot someone in the back, it was considered murder point blank. And almost no excuse was good enough to do it because if someone's shot in the back, that means they're not a threat to you. They're leaving you. They're running away from you. Um, or at least uh, getting away from you even if they're not running. So if you shoot someone in the back, back then when law enforcement had more of a honor to it in the days of Matt Dillon, like in the Gunsmoke era, um, uh, as portrayed in the Gunsmoke era, uh, there was more honor to it. And so they were actually had a name for it. They called them back shooters um, because it was considered a loathsome thing to shoot someone in the back. And yet you see how that even gets flipped in modern times where, the, like I said, the police get what's called qualified immunity, which is basically a license to kill with impunity, with no punishment. Um, but it wasn't back like that in the Bible. So once again, the so-called God-fearing Christian nation ignores what's in the Bible in favor of what's popular in religion and otherwise. Verse 5, as the Lord had commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did, and they divided the land. So um, they're saying they were given this command by the Lord, and Lord is being translated from the name or word, however you want to think of it, Jehovah, um, at this point in the narrative. And like we've read before, that's not always the case. It changes again and again um, what, who is being identified as the Lord can change um, from chapter to chapter. Sometimes in the same chapter, it's translated from different words to be translated to Lord. Uh, but in this instance, it's still Jehovah. And um, they're saying they got the command from the Lord to Moses. Moses is long gone. And all of that contradicts what the New Testament says, that no one has seen God or heard his voice at any time. And yet um, you hear again and again that Moses, Joshua, the forefathers all had conversations, meals even, and in one case, even wrestling with the Lord. Um, so you have to choose what it is you want to believe. Because uh, like I say again and again, there's more than one religion in the Bible. That's a part of the reason there's contradictions throughout. Verse 6, Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, you know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me and Kadesh Barnea. So Caleb and Joshua were the only two of the, I think it was 70 spies that were sent to go explore um, the land of Canaan um, uh, before they went on the journey to go and occupy it. And the only two of the 70 to come back with a positive a report of the land the rest of the people the rest of the spies returned with a bad report saying the land would devour them they said there were giants in the land and that's been affirmed by the different narrative we've the different um, encounters that we've read about so far uh, in Joshua that there were actual giants in the land 
and they were um and so the other spies were saying no don't bother going there it's a wicked land it'll devour you and Caleb and Joshua were the only two who returned with a good report so that's what Caleb is referring to now back um that um part of the narrative verse 7 I was 42 years old when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy to spy out the land and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart so I didn't realize that was going to be covered here also but that's what I was just talking about he was one of the two spies who came back with a good report verse 8 nevertheless my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt but I wholly followed the Lord my God so the other people the other spies who came back with what's called a bad report um, it seemed in the narrative at the time they didn't they weren't trying to poison the people's opinion of the area they were just turning they were just reporting it back as they saw it they saw it as a land full of danger and a place that the people might want to think twice about going to and in this verse Lord is still being translated and it's all caps L-O-R-D is in all cap capital letters uh, from the word and name Jehovah but the word God is also capitalized and it's being translated from the word Elohim and like we've read before that's not consistent either that changes again and again also just something to be aware of, be aware of. Um, so he's just reporting back recounting the time when they went and spied out the land uh, verse 9 so Moses swore on that day saying surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you wholly follow the Lord my God so there Caleb is re reminding them of basically the promise that uh, Moses made to Caleb and Joshua that because they brought back a positive report that the people should go ahead and uh, colonize the land the promised land that they were promised an allotment um, of the land once they got there verse 10 and now behold the Lord has kept me alive and he's as he said these 45 years ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness and now here I am this day 85 years old so um, that math isn't quite right he said he was 42 when he brought back the report and he's saying um, 45 years later so that would make him 87 yeah 87 and we know that the people wandered in the wilderness for 40 years so uh, if we're just going to go by that math there um that means the wars that they've been encountering once they made it to the promised land were just were five years of warring against the people who were there and taking their land and occupying it but either way he's letting them know he's 85 now verse 11 as yet I am as strong this day as I, as on the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. So he's saying he's just as virile as he was the 45 years ago when he first went and spied out the land. And um, that's a little different than Moses. Uh, uh, Moses it said that he also was full of strength and youthful when uh, he passed away um, but then there's a contradiction there also because it also said that when his time came the Lord told him you're old now and full of days and it's time to replace him and that's when he had him basically inaugurate Joshua as his replacement 
Um, yet, at the end of the book of Deuteronomy, it talks about Moses being just as strong and virile as he was when he first took the people on the Exodus journey. So, another minor contradiction, but a contradiction nonetheless. Um, but anyway, so Caleb is saying he's still pretty strong. Verse 12, Now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there, and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. So the Anakim, again, are, is a reference to those giants that we talked about before. And giants have been a thing that's been mentioned since the book of Genesis, since the first book of the Bible. Maybe maybe even since the first chapter, but absolutely since the second chapter, I'm sure of that. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, so way back at the beginning, there were um, people called giants, which to me translates in modern terms to just another species of man that existed. Um, that'd be the scientific or non-religious way of saying it. Um, that there were other species of people back then. The Bible says that itself. Also, Adam wasn't created until chapter 2, and then Eve after him. But before both of them, in chapter 1 of Genesis, there were already people created, created male and female. Not men and women, but people who were created male and female, and also told to go forth, be fruitful, and multiply. So we know they aren't referring to Adam and Eve at that point, since Adam and Eve didn't even have Cain and Abel. Um, at that point in chapter 1 or chapter 2 or even I don't even think until chapter 3 or 4 so we know it was a whole different species of man in uh, modern talk of what was being referred to there and I think one of those species had to be some of these giants that are being referred to um, verse 13 and Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb the son of Jephunneh as an inheritance so um, Caleb is saying he wants to occupy that land in particular, even though he knows there are giants there. That's what the Anakim are. Um, and he's saying he believes that God will give him the strength to conquer that land, even if there are giants there. So Joshua um, basically gave him his blessing and said, go for it, it's yours, as his inheritance. Verse 14, and that's one more thing like we've read before, that it's another contradiction they were told to go spy out a land that's already occupied by other people and now they're being told to divide up the land they've been told they've already been doing that divide up the land that already belonged to other people where people were already living and to take it as their own um, and that's all by the same Lord who told them thou shalt not kill thou shalt not covet thou shalt not steal and yet they've been and they've been told now to covet the land of Canaan to kill the people who are there and to steal the land for themselves so it's a major contradiction to the three ten commandments that were given to Moses um, but uh, it's another command that was given later um, to the people to go in and colonize the land so again make sense of it how best you can but to me when there's contradictions like that they can't possibly be from God Almighty since God Almighty is able at least I would think be able to see the end from the beginning knowing there's different crossroads in everyone's paths that we can choose to take like I said before they can take you upstairs or can take you downstairs it can take you to paradise or can take you to flames um, but the choice is there and God can see those choices Almighty God can see all those choices but seems to watch 
to see and enjoy watching and seeing which paths we choose to take the righteous path or the wicked path the downward path or the upward path um, so the paths are already predetermined but which way we'll take is the unknown it seems in the grand scheme of things verse 14 Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite to this day because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel so they're saying Hebron that area is being um, um, rewarded to Caleb for his faithfulness um, in his reporting and in his warring against uh, or alongside the other the rest of the congregation as they colonized the land verse 15 and the name of Hebron formerly was Kerjath Arba Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim then the land had rest from war so the Anakim again is a reference to those giants the people who occupied the area before the congregation got there and warred with them and took it and apparently Arba was a, the greatest of those giants in that area and um, apparently they also conquered it even with him there and once they conquered that land it seems the people had rest from war and that's what we've been reading about in the last few chapters it seems to be a recounting of the different wars that the people encountered at the time and you saw again where that phrase as it is this day appeared again just a couple of verses ago um, letting us know this is someone retrospectively looking at the different uh, wars and, and battles that the people endured and even started and how they went throughout the land um, conquering it and occupying and colonizing it from the people who were already there um, because now it's saying then the land, the land had rest from war so it's letting us know they recounted all the different wars and to the point where they found peace after they did all the conquering and massacring and again the massacring was also ordered according to the narrative by the Lord the same Lord who said thou shalt not kill kill also gave the command to go in and massacre all the different people in those lands but remember they weren't told to just go in and massacre originally they were told to first offer conditions of peace make a peace treaty in plain English with the people at least offer a peace treaty to the inhabitants of the land and then if the people uh, would not accept the peace treaty then the war would be um, uh, the plan of the the plan from there to go ahead and attack and go to war with them if they wouldn't accept the peace treaty and yet we see though only one um group the Gibeon the people who live in Gibeon uh were the ones who approached them with a peace treaty and then once they made a treaty with them then they made them slaves they enslaved them which is also another thing that um also was the command given by the quote unquote lord who delivered them from slavery so yet another huge inconsistency a god almighty that doesn't favor or doesn't show personal favoritism to anyone frees one group of people from slavery and then allows them to enslave other people and pass them down as property uh, to generations as slaves that's completely inconsistent and it absolutely doesn't sound unbiased or impartial but it is how it reads so that's why we're reading it so we can get understanding as Christians why we really should lean into the things Jesus has to say because like I say again and again 
the things Jesus has to say is a, a less than a tithe of the entire Bible. Of the 60 plus books in the Bible, only six of them have anything in red ink, in red letters, as far as uh, that goes, is considered quotes of Jesus. So less than a tenth of the Bible is a Christian message. The rest of the Bible can still have things in it you can learn from, Proverbs, things you can enjoy like Psalms, prophecies you can um, look for and see being fulfilled in Old Testament and in New. But the things that are specifically Christian would have to be from Christ, things that Jesus himself said. And again, those only appear in six of the 60 plus books. So that's why we lean into those here on The Naked Truth. And we save those for our Saturday night readings. Um, and since this isn't Saturday night, that's why we're in the Old Testament. But I hope you'll join me again for those other readings because that's the end of this one, that last verse. I appreciate you joining me for The Naked Truth. And I hope you stay safe. God bless you. And I love you. I'll see you next time. Peace be with you.